Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in Galatians. I love taking a look at the Holy Spirit through the different books of the Bible. And um, I want us to think back. You know, we've been having a great outpouring of His Spirit. Amen. And hopefully what's been happening in each one of us is we've we've been awakening to new degrees of His presence, new degrees of revelation of who He is. And, um, and we don't take that for granted. And really, that's what we as believers should experience on a regular basis all the days of our life. Um, but I want to not only think about that, but I want us to go back and think about where you were the day, the hour, and the moment that Christ came into your life. Where you were in life, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, when your eyes were awakened to his love, when it was no longer doing church for mom's sake, (laughs) no longer living in the world, but all of a sudden, we're awakened to the magnificence of his blood. You know, those are the things, those, that testimony, that right there for you and I, that's the work of the Holy Ghost. And that story should be told over and over. You know, how many times reading through the New Testament do you hear Paul tell his story? It's not because he didn't have anything to say. It's because he had a lot to say. Because it was a powerful moment. Remember we shared a couple of Sundays ago that this, the um, testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And as we begin to testify about our salvation, as we begin to testify about the things of the Lord, it brings life. It brings hope into people's lives. So we we find ourselves at the point of salvation and then think of salvation all the way to where we are today. And has God not done a work in us? A work. You know, for many of us, that is countless hours of Bible study, countless hours begging and pleading anyone in the church to listen, to talk things out, to work scriptures out in. Come on. Times of prayer, laborious, laborious prayer, worship, serving, week after week, year after year. Now, I'm not talking about doing this in the flesh. I'm talking genuine, drawn by God, led by the Spirit to do all these things. And we find ourselves here. You know, I can honestly, with great joy, say we are in a great place as a church. We are in a great place of awakening. We are set and primed for a move of God. We are set and primed for those doors to open. And those souls to walk in. And they'll get cared for and nurtured for. But the crazy thing is 
what we've done up till now won't sustain us for the days ahead. What, what took us to the place we began to where we're here was just the beginning. It's the thing that should catapult us into our future in Christ. He says, we'll do greater things than him. We, I've seen some stuff, some glorious stuff, but I ain't seen nothing yet. I'm ready to see the greatest things in the days here in Northeast Ohio. So in order for us to do that, we've got to what? We've got to keep expanding, keep expanding in him, keep growing, keep receiving, keep being led by the Spirit. So Galatians 3, 1 through 3 and 5, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? The only, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun the spirit, that you are now being made perfect by the flesh? No. Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And really, we are in a great place. We are in a great place as a church, understanding that, you know what, how I serve, what my service stature around here is, doesn't mean anything. It's my heart attitude. It's am I doing it in the spirit? Am I opening that door to greet someone and genuinely glad they're here? Genuinely glad they're here. Am I cutting their hair and, and combing through it, realizing I don't know when the last time it's actually been washed, and I'm okay with it? Am I washing their feet next month? And I don't like feet at all. No. But guess who's doing pedicures? Am I washing their feet? because I'm somebody, or is it a spirit-led thing? If we've begun in the spirit, how are we gonna be made perfect in the flesh? We can go and run a business with our eyes shut. We can go and structure things here, can we not? But if we do it, we'll never have a successful ministry because it's not in the spirit. We have to begin in the spirit of God. He brought us here, and I'm going to see this whole journey through in him. So my quote here is, the same anointing that started the work of God in our lives is the same anointing that we need to sustain our daily life, our life on a daily basis. How do we sustain a life of holiness day to day? You know, we teach we, we go in schools, we go to office jobs, we live with unbelievers, we have stresses, we get bills, we have medical things happen, right? How do we begin to live a life of holiness when everything around us falls apart? How do we live a life of holiness when, um, when we don't quite frankly feel like being holy? Right? We begin to saturate 
in his presence. We begin to put ourselves in a place of spiritual marination. Spiritual marination. What is coming out of you is a good understanding of what you've been soaking in. It's a great. What comes out of us is a great understanding of what you've been soaking in. People can seem so spiritual on the outside, so loving and so kind, but sit in their pew or take their folder. And it is obvious what you've been soaking in. We don't have to answer the questions of what we're marinating in because our lives speak for themselves. And I'm not talking about being perfect. Y'all have heard me say it before. When we can't lead by example, we lead in repentance. Our lives speak for themselves. Am I living by the works of the law? Or am I living by the Spirit of God? You know, we can choose today, right now. I don't even have, I don't have anybody on my mind. I'm just staying on this because the Holy Ghost is. But we can decide right now today that it's not about how good I do things or if it's, quote, done properly. I just want to be in his spirit. I just want to be found abiding in him. I just want to be found being led by him. I just want to be found doing what he's called me to do. Perfect? No. I just want to do what he's called me to do. Give it my all, but go with the Holy Ghost. It's called flow. Galatians 5, 16 it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. People say all the time, well, if I'm born again, then why do I still want to do X, Y, and Z? I don't understand it. Here we go. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. We talked about this in staff meeting a couple weeks ago. People were like, well, you know, when this comes up, I just want to like emotionally react and say, blah, but I'm excited and I'm not sure where to go from here. What is that? That's our man and our spirit man fighting. They're always going to be at enmity with one another. But I like to call it my affections versus my affections. Affections, affections. In other words, I want to live a healthy life. So I'm going to have a stressful day, and I'm going to say, I'm going to the store, and I'm getting something salty. I'm getting something sweet. I'm getting something fried. Now, you know this is totally not me. Fried food's gross. But my affections say no. No, in the now, I want this to satisfy my body, to satisfy my irritation, my aggravation, but my affections are on the things much higher, and I choose to live a healthy life. Somebody does you wrong, and your emotions rise up, and you're ready to throw some dukes, and you're ready to spit venom, but your affections rise up and say, Oh no, count others worthy as yourself, more worthy than yourself. You get the difference? So our flesh and our spirit man will battle. 
But it's learning to what? Walk in the Spirit. Verse 18, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. Now let's go back to idolatry. Because we all give the Catholics a bad name for this, right? But look, you can put football above Christ. You can put that stage above Christ. You can put your finances above Christ. You can put your family above Christ. You get what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that we as men, you can put your boat, your golf game, your clothes, your bank account. One clear fire way to see about adultery is are you giving an entire 10% of your income to the kingdom of God, putting him first in your life, or are we worshiping something above him? Sorcery. That, what's that thing called? I don't even know what it's called anymore. Sagittarius. What's that called? Horoscopes. That's sorcery. Come on. We don't have anything for that. Hatred. Contentiousness. Jealousies. Outbursts of wrath. Oh, my word. You just can't spout off at your spouse. Selfish ambitions. If I get there first, if I get there first. <laughs> Dissensions. I don't know about that, Pastor. I mean, we always did. Duh, 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 duh. I don't think that boy knows nothing. <laughs> Heresies. Envy. I don't know why they promoted her. You know that guy at work? He didn't deserve that. Drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We've crucified it. It's no longer I that live, but Christ in me. They spew venom at you, you turn your cheek. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. I love this passage. And I love asking the church this question. Because it causes us to take a spiritual inventory of our life. So many times we just fly by. You know, we look at the world, we look at the news, we look at Facebook, and we're like, we're doing a lot better than those people. They're crazy. But we would, all, we would all in the church look much better than the world. But it's not about that. It's about how do we measure up to Christ? What do we look like when we look in the mirror of the Holy Spirit? So which deeds of the flesh do you and I have the greatest need for God's help in? Because at any point in our walk, there's a need there. And if you don't have a need there, then you need to find, your, find a place on the floor and repent because there is a need.
There's always a need. So which one do we have the greatest need for God's help today? And which fruit of the Spirit do you and I desire to be most evident in our life? You know, at one point, I, when I would ask myself this question, I wanted there to be no outburst. <laughs> I mean, like, that was really big. Because, hey, if I keep my mouth shut, Rich, we are good. And now I don't worry about that one quite so much. Because self-control has come, come and taken over. And so there's different seasons that will need different help on the things that are against the Spirit. And there's different seasons where it'll change for the fruits that we most desire to be evident. Why? Because He's perfecting us in His image. He's changing us and transforming us from what? Glory to glory to glory. Y'all doing okay? Now, the fruit of the Spirit is not something that you and I can conjure up ourselves. You can't fake this till you make it. It's the life of God in the soul of man. It comes from his presence. It comes as an impartation of his spirit, of his holiness, of his nature. And it's imparted, it's imputed to us by faith, by time spent with him. It's not a muscle that you and I can work up. It is a gift. Just like salvation was a gift. Just like the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift. This is a gift. But to receive a gift, I've got to be with you. I'm going to spend time with you. We're not crazy when we say we're going to worship for an hour. We're spending time in Him. We're letting all the muck of the world get off. That all of Christ could come. And take his place within us. So let's take a look at love. Romans 5.5 5 says that hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. By who? By the Holy Spirit. So we don't want to be, we're not going to be the people that's afraid of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. He's our friend. Because it's through him that God's love is brought into our hearts. So I want the Holy Ghost. I want to invite the Holy Ghost to come. When I am angry, or yes, I am human. When I get a little flustered, when I don't feel so loving, well, who am I going to call on first? Come, Holy Ghost. Jesus, we need your help. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is shed abroad in our hearts. But the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I need Him to come. When He comes, I can love anybody. When He comes, I can love the prostitute. When He comes, I can love the Pharisee. But when it's Heather, it becomes works. I need His presence. 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in Him. 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. So I want to look at the Pharisees and the religious and say, what is wrong with you? Put on, put on Christ Jesus. Put on Christ Jesus. Put on the love of God. Because our works will burn without the love so let's go down to verse 4. It says, love, 
And I'll put my name there, Heather, if I'm in Christ. Heather suffers long, and Heather's kind. Mandy does not envy, and Rich does not parade himself. Dean is not puffed up, and Linda does not behave rudely. Patty does not seek her own, and Joe's not provoked. Pat thinks no evil. Thelma does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Zach bears all things. Michaela believes all things. And Michael hopes all things. Lester endures all things. Love never fails. And so when we are walking in the Spirit, this becomes our response. The great test of this is, and, and I'm saying that I'm, this is an awesome challenge for you and I to, to learn to every day walk and live in it. You know, Mike, as he travels, I'm sure, you know, how many of you know, you go on an airplane, you travel a couple times a week, you get off the plane, you go straight to work, you go check in, you haven't been, seen a bed for almost 32 hours, you do not feel like being patient when they don't give you your hotel key. It's just none of us would. So you know what we do? We take an index card and we put 1 Corinthians 13 on there and we put our name in there for love everywhere and we read it before we leave the house. We read it at the red lights. We read it before we get out of the car. We read it before we go back home. And you know what begins to happen? We're thinking we're doing great until a situation arises and the Holy Spirit brings that, that to us. That's how we learn. We meditate we chew, we contemplate, we bring him with us. And as we begin to respond in the flesh, all of a sudden the Spirit of God rises up, brings that scripture to our mind, and we no longer respond the same. I used to think I was pretty forgiving until I did that. I don't, Heather does not recount any wrongdoings. Ouch. We walk in the Spirit. Pastor Frank Bailey says that the fruit of the Spirit is the love of God in us and the love of God flowing out of us. In other words, the only way for this to be operating in our lives is for us to have received from the river of his presence and then it flows out. We receive and it flows out. When it's not flowing out, we go recharge. Amen? Second fruit is Psalms 4-7. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. God has put a gladness, a joy within our hearts. You don't see newly born again Christians walking around with their lip hanging out. You don't see newly baptized in the Holy Ghost people walking around defeated. You don't see people that were just healed physically walking around mumbling and complaining. Why? Because they've had an encounter with the living God. When we have an encounter with him, he places gladness within us. He is joy. Psalms 21.6, for you have made him most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with what? Your presence. Psalm 1611, you'll show me the path of life. In your presence, O oh God, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures evermore. 
When we're spending time with Jesus, we don't have to go boast about it because what's coming out of us is the joy of the Lord. You know, when we get up off the floor after spending time with him, we don't get up. We get up like, whoa, whoa. Two Sundays ago, it probably was early evening before Pastor and I even came to. We were just like, wow, 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 whoa, that, yeah, yeah, that, it was a good service. Oh, gee, why, because Jesus was here. I couldn't even find words to explain his presence and his glory that day. Why? Because in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is ecstasy. Are y'all following this? This joy is the affection of our heavenly father. We look at peace. It says, Judges 6.24. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord, and he called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it's still an Oprah of the... Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. His peace begins to take over my nature. He is the Prince of Peace. If I am found in him, if I am found abiding in him, that peace begins to take over my nature. I don't have to say, uh, you know, how, how are you today? God's good all the time. God's good all the time. God's good all the time. I'm fine. Praise the Lord. I'm a head up a tail. And we've all heard that. And you're like, wow. I feel so sorry for you because you're naming it you're claiming it but you're not living it and you're living really defeated and it's sad so if I'm found in him Lord God that's the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life and I need your help oh Jesus will you walk with me will you carry me how are you going to make a way in the desert oh my gosh it's too much then you walk out of your prayer closet He's got me because his nature, I've just spent time with the Prince of Peace and his nature begins to come in, in, in my nature. My nature takes on his nature. Let's skip to kindness real quick. Romans eleven twenty two. Therefore, consider the goodness and the severity of God on those who fell. Severity, but towards you, goodness. If you continue in his goodness, Otherwise, you'll be cut off. The kindness of God is him treating you, not as you should be treated, but according to his nature. You know, kindness, goodness, and gentleness, when we begin to study that and look at that, there's so much more of him that we need, that we would begin to honestly treat others as Christ would treat them. Not as they deserve. That, that's a mark of the fruit of the Spirit of God living in us. His nature becoming ours. Or us taking on His. That we begin to operate in goodness and kindness. Titus 3, 4 says, But when the kindness and the love of our God, our Savior toward man appeared. That is goodness. When the love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. When Jesus appeared to take on the sin of man, that is goodness. 
when the moral goodness of God himself begins to manifest in our life. Faithfulness. We'll go to Revelation 19, 11. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. I love this picture of faithfulness because this on the white horse is he. And on his leg it says, what? Faithful and true. And so we can think that we are faithful, but he is the standard of faithfulness. He paid the price. He took the beatings. He took the shame. He took the agony. He hung on the cross. He died for us. He forever lives at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He is everywhere, at all times, in all places, able to do exceedingly abundantly more than anything you or I could ever hope, dream, or imagine. He is always working on your behalf and my behalf, always available for us in our very present help in time of need. He is the standard of faithfulness. We can't say we're faithful when we drop the balls. We can't say we're faithful when we show up three out of four. We can't say we're faithful when our yay is not yay and our nay is not nay. Whoo! He is our standard. This is the lifestyle that overflows from a life of faith. Gentleness, 2 Corinthians 10.1. Now I Paul myself in pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I love the scripture in Philippians. It said, let your gentleness be known to all men. Gentleness is the meekness and humility of Christ. I'm flying for time's sake. And self-control is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And you know, when we have those outbursts of anger, when we have those fits of jealousy, when we have those coming out, it really is fear in operation. We're not trusting God to be who he says he is. We're not trusting the God in our lives. We're trying to manipulate the situation. Self-control comes from a heart that has total contentment and satisfaction in Christ. I don't have to blow my gasket on you. It doesn't matter what you think because God's got my back because I know I am in Christ. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power of love and of a sound mind. Self-control. I love this. Do y'all like this? It's like looking in a mirror. And it's not this horrible condemnation thing. It's like, wow. That's one of the all the blessings. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's given us this ability to put on Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control. That's what he's given. He's given us the ability to live beyond anything we could ever live in and of ourselves. 
Galatians 5.25 says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Living by the Spirit is a habit of constant obedience and dependence on God. No, God, I know I can't, and I want to. When I worked in the business world, I can't tell you how many times I excused myself from the situation, went to the bathroom, sat on that toilet, and prayed in tongues. And I know that people would go and probably hear me and think I was nuts. But if it was up to me, they would be in trouble and I would be repentant. So I removed myself and learned what obedience is. Learned what obedience is. Because if we live by the Spirit, if I'm living as a woman of God, if you're living as a man of God, walk it. Let's walk it. Let's walk it. We walk it. We depend on him. We abide in him. We remain in him. Remember, we read, we read all those fruits and said that it's putting on and taking on his nature. We can't conjure it up. It's not a muscle to be worked out. It's a life to be lived in him, found in him, lost in him. So it's waking up worshiping. It's waking up with the prayer. It's waking up with the Bible study. It's driving to work with devotion on, 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 the, on the speaker. It's learning to walk in obedience to who he is. When, when we're abiding in him, we can't go do all that other stuff. We abide. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father.